It's 9.25 a.m. Hawaii Aleutian Standard Time. This is Omar WJ show. Omar WJ speaking. It's supposed to be 27. That's uh, Celsius for you Americans. Um, outside. Um, it's partly cloudy right now from my window. And um, um, it's supposed to be a high of 29 today, I think. Um, I don't know what the surf report is, but you can always find somewhere to surf in, um, Oahu, I'm sure. Um, I just like to swim and I don't really want to go anywhere where it's good enough to surf because, um, um, I don't want to die an absurd death drowning in the sea, even though I got the pig tattoo and uh, chicken tattoo which is supposed to be good for water survival Um, this show I'm going to record from democracynow.org the war and peace report and then a report about Oxfam which um, um, the report by Oxfam was not in Reuters news so, um, um, let me get this party started. Countries. Meanwhile, a push by the UN to raise funds for the worsening humanitarian disaster in the Horn of Africa fell far short of its goal, raising just $2.4 billion of the $7 billion needed to respond to the hunger crisis facing millions of people in Somalia, Ethiopia, and Kenya. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres appealed to wealthy nations to step up, saying, quote, people in the Horn of Africa are paying an unconscionable price for a climate crisis they did nothing to cause. Guterres spoke ahead of the UN's pledging event Wednesday. The longest drought on record. Mass displacement after years of conflict and insecurity. Skyrocketing food prices. And now chaos and fighting have engulfed Sudan, radiating instability across the entire region. Typhoon Mawar is headed toward the Philippines and Taiwan after lashing the island of Guam. The powerful storm, which has been upgraded to a super typhoon, downed trees, tore roofs off of houses, and knocked out power across much of the U.S. territory Wednesday, but no fatalities have been reported. Some areas received up to two feet of rain. A meteorologist in Guam said of the post-typhoon scene, quote, what used to be a jungle looks like toothpicks. In Germany, police have raided the operations of Direct Action Climate Group Last Generation, targeting seven locations across the country. Police also froze the group's accounts and shut down their website. The climate activists have been branded a criminal organization due to their high-profile protests, which include shutting down traffic on major roads by gluing themselves to the concrete. Last Generation is one of several direct action groups that have turned to public acts of disruption to draw attention to the spiraling climate disaster. Activists have also shut off pipelines and famously threw mashed potatoes on a painting by Monet in a museum. This is Last Generation member Amy van Balen speaking after Wednesday's raid. Das Gewitter stand auch für ein 
This doesn't mean that the resistance will stop. We will still continue to resist. We have democratically agreed that we have signed the Paris Agreement. We have a constitution in which Article 20 states that our livelihoods must be preserved today and in the future. And of course, it is absolutely democratic to defend that. In other climate news, a new investigation from the watchdog group Corporate Accountability finds that over 90% of Chevron's carbon offsets are junk, with some likely contributing to the climate crisis and creating social harm. Environmental and indigenous activists have long opposed the idea of carbon offsets as corporate greenwashing. In related news, the city of Hoboken in New Jersey is suing Chevron, Exxon, and other oil companies over racketeering charges for knowingly deceiving the public of the climate risks of its industry. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Wednesday the U.S. remains on course to default on its loans as early as next Thursday unless lawmakers agree to raise the ceiling on the national debt. The White House says a default would cause severe damage to the U.S. economy, costing up to 8 million jobs. On Tuesday, far-right House Freedom Caucus member Matt Gates openly admitted Republicans were holding the U.S. economy hostage in a bid to force Democrats to agree to huge cuts in federal spending. I think my conservative colleagues, for the most part, support limit safe growth, and they don't feel like we should negotiate with our hostage. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre seized on Gates' comments, saying they showed the fight over the debt ceiling was a manufactured crisis. And don't take our word for it. Just listen to members of the House Freedom Caucus. They've been very honest about this and are now openly, they're saying the quiet thing out loud, referring to the full faith and credit of the United States as a hostage. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has officially entered the race for the Republican Party's 2024 presidential nomination. DeSantis announced his candidacy during a Twitter Spaces interview with Twitter's billionaire owner, Elon Musk. DeSantis' announcement was delayed by a half hour as Twitter's live stream repeatedly glitched and crashed. There is no substitute for victory. We must end the culture of losing that has infected the Republican Party in recent years. The tired dogmas of the past are inadequate for a vibrant future. We must look forward, not backwards. As governor of Florida, DeSantis has signed a slew of bills targeting reproductive rights, immigrant rights, public sector unions, the transgender community, and diversity programs in schools. We'll go to Florida after headlines for more on Ron DeSantis' candidacy. Uvalde, Texas has marked the one-year anniversary of the mass shooting that claimed the lives of 19 elementary school children and two of their teachers. Mourners gathered Wednesday outside St. Philip's Episcopal Church for a day of remembrance vigil. San Antonio resident Yolanda Valenzuela says the massacre has caused lasting trauma to teachers, students, and parents across Texas. Nobody feels safe anymore. The kids, you know, they spend some of their time learning how to deal with active shooters and how to hide and this and that and the other. And 10 years ago, you didn't hear that. At the White House, President Biden marked the anniversary of the Uvalde massacre with another appeal to Congress to pass a ban on assault weapons and other gun control. 
In India, the Delhi High Court has summoned the BBC to face a defamation case over a documentary on India's Hindu nationalist Prime Minister Narendra Modi. The film, titled India, The Modi Question, aired earlier this year, highlighting Modi's role in anti-Muslim riots which killed an estimated thousand people in 2002 when Modi was governor of Gujarat state. Modi's government has attempted to block people sharing the film, calling it, quote, hostile propaganda and anti-India garbage. An Australian police officer has been charged over the killing of a 95-year-old great-grandmother in a New South Wales nursing home. Claire Nolan died Wednesday of complications from head trauma after 33-year-old senior police constable Christian White fired his taser at her, causing her to collapse. Officers had been responding to a report of an elderly woman with dementia holding a serrated steak knife. Australian police are allowed to use tasers if they feel their lives are in danger, but witnesses say Noland weighed 95 pounds and was slowly advancing toward officers using a walker. New South Wales Police Commissioner Karen Webb announced the charges Wednesday. For the offences of recklessly inflict grievous bodily harm, assault occasioning actual bodily harm, and assault. Here in New York, resident doctors at Elmhurst Hospital in Queens have ended their strike after reaching a tentative deal with their employer, the Mount Sinai Health System. Their union says the agreement brings early career doctors much closer towards parity with their counterparts who work at hospitals in Manhattan. And the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner, has died at the age of 83. Born Anna Mae Bullock in in Tennessee, she rose to fame alongside her husband, Ike Turner, in the 1960s before leaving the abusive relationship and becoming a solo artist. Turner topped the charts with hits like What's Love Got to Do With It, The Best, and Proud Mary. She won eight Grammys throughout her career and was celebrated for her electrifying stage performances. Like many notable black artists, Tina Turner faced racism in the U.S. and said she felt more at home in Europe, where she had an even larger fan base. She lived with her husband, Erwin Bach, in Switzerland, where she passed away peacefully after a battle with intestinal cancer. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy. And uh, the world is diminished without uh, Tina Turner in it, that's for sure. I don't know how active she was, but... um... Uh, um, let's see, I have to, I'm losing daylight, so I gotta, um, go, um, get done what, what I must do. First, I must perform my ablutions, and then go to the post office, and then, from there on, I have two more missions. So, um... Sorry for the autobiographical. Um, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to talk about Oxfam, what they, what they said, because um, it's, uh, it's a real shame how the, the situation of the world right now. Um, this uh, new Gilded Age we are in is worse than the old gold, Gilded Age. And that's not just my opinion. I mean... Um, um, I've heard other people say that, and let me find my button here and shut this off. Primary goal of, um, of the podcast is, um, 
entertainment. Second is to instruct. So uh, this is Omar WJ. It's 9.37 Hawaii Aleutian Standard Time. I'll update you as soon as possible.